Hi, everyone. This is Chuck Gatica here for a Healthier Michigan podcast. I'm back for another bonus episode. You may have noticed a few of those going up lately if you follow us regularly. Now, if you're new to the show, feel free to check out some of our other episodes. For this episode, we recently were invited up to the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan Agent Grand Slam event held in Traverse City, Michigan. And we had the opportunity to talk to agents about what they're seeing in the health and wellness landscape, as well as how they're approaching their own health journeys. We hope you enjoy this episode, and we will also look forward to bringing you our next episode on June 13th. On today's bonus episode, we'll be talking with managing partner of Brogan Reed Van Gorder and Associates, Greg Brogan, Senior Vice President of Highland, Michael Nixon, and Account Executive of J.S. Clark, Keith Collins. To kick things off, we'll chat with Greg Brogan. He's the managing partner of Brogan Reed Van Gorder and Associates, an East Lansing insurance and investment firm specializing in employee benefits, business, and estate planning. All right, Greg, it's good to meet you. How's the conference going? Thanks, Chuck. Everything's going well. That's good. Big first day, a lot of meeting time, but uh, we got a lot of information and uh, it's going to be valuable to what we do every day with our clients. So, you know, on A Healthier Michigan, on our podcast, we're talking about people's health and wellness. You must see this from different vantage points. So you've got three girls, you're seeing it at home with your family, you're seeing it in your own business, and then you're seeing it with people, the businesses that you work with. Can you tell us some general trends and things you're seeing happening right before your eyes that are interesting? Sure. I think, you know, certainly over the last five, six years, there's been a renewed interest in, in wellness activity at the workplace. Blue Cross and Blue Shield has been a big supporter of that. And uh, Cindy Borquist has worked with several of my clients in developing programming for them uh, and helping them keep on track. Yeah. Because a lot of it's just coming up with a plan, but then executing that plan. We've had Cindy on the uh, podcast. She's a ball of energy. Oh, my gosh. You know, she you, is. Yeah, you feel like you've got to start moving or else you're a slacker, right? <laughs> and so when you let, – let's start with your personal life. What are you seeing happening with your daughters? Are you guys tracking your steps every day? Like, I'm trying to get the most I can. I went hiking today on my way up here. Well, uh, it was a long hike up here, but it, we, did not, <laughs> we did not make the walk. It was, yeah. uh, it was a good drive from East Lansing, but um, – you know, our family has always been pretty active. I've got three girls, uh, now two out of college, one just graduated from high school, uh, and have always been involved in uh, sports. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't necessarily counted steps. We haven't done anything other than uh, we've had some nutrition, nutrition counseling and that type of thing to mm-hmm. keep our kids on track. My oldest was a uh, classical ballerina. So uh, so she's burning calories just thinking, right? I mean, she, she's just doing it yeah, she, when she does it. Yeah. As a ballet major in, in college, you know, 118 pounds was their maximum weight. And wow. When you continue to grow and you're 5'9", that's yeah. pretty tough to keep that weight down. Yeah, but, I think uh, I was born at 118 pounds, Greg. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, for some people, that metabolism is it. It's right. the DNA. It really yeah. is. Yeah. So we're blessed with good genes. So that's that good. helps. That's good. Now, with your own staff, how do you do that? Because to me, that's almost as if we're... We're sitting at some conference with a weight loss guru and, you know, they want to serve dessert. You don't want to do it. When you're in a business that represents products that have to do with health and wellness, do you have a self-imposed pressure at your own business place then? Well, we've done some things like, uh, you know, our refrigerator in the office. We keep uh, healthy options in there rather than, uh, you know, the traditional Coke products or whatever. We've got uh, different flavored waters and things that are... uh, 
lower calorie, better things for you. Also, you know, our, our reps that stop by our office, we have, uh, we represent, you know, dozens of insurance companies and the reps always stop in and I've really encouraged them to stop bringing the sweets <laughs> and, and start bringing, you know, a fruit basket or doing something, yeah. thing, you know, that adds uh, a little value to our life. How's that than, going for you? Are they still bringing you cookies and donuts? Uh, on occasion, yeah. you know, we... We get a few reps that would like to try to balance it with a uh, caramel apple rather than a, uh, right. a plain apple. But uh, but isn't that the word balance, right? I mean, we is. can all have a giant cookie as long as we're doing something to work off the calories or we don't have a problem like your daughter's. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So then when you're calling on uh, organizations and you talked a little bit about the health trend, is there something that you're seeing as a hard sell in the health and wellness field? Like, are you trying to impart information that really seems like you're bumping against a wall? Or is everybody pretty receptive now to just getting healthier and fit? Now, we find that it comes from the top down. If the corporate culture is such that the CEO is buying into uh, wanting to develop a wellness program for their organization, for all the right reasons. Mm -hmm. It's not just about healthcare costs, but it is about a healthier uh, workplace. It's about healthier employees, more productive employees, sure. you know, folks that show up on time with energy. So we have a number of clients that have really jumped in feet first and really developed very structured programs. Some that uh, Cindy was even amazed at that uh, have had uh, great results over a number of years. That's fantastic. And you know, my brother, uh, he and I were the ones that went out hiking today, right? So we're hiking in the northern end of the Manistee Forest, just for four or five miles. We're kind of winding this down and he looks at me and he says, so uh, how's your mindfulness right now? You feeling pretty healthy? And I thought, you know, I went out with this preconceived notion that I'm working my legs and I'm gonna look for how many miles and steps, right? And I feel at peace. I mean, I really feel like in that amount of time, which wasn't a ton of time, that I just kind of stepped away from the world. So health and wellness also includes our emotional health, our spiritual health, you know, and so it, it's more well-rounded than just lifting weights. Absolutely. I think, yeah. you know, just getting away from yeah. technology and spending some time, uh, you had a beautiful spot to do it. Oh, uh, yeah. In the Manistee Forest. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big part of the wellness activity in my life. Do you do that? Do you turn the phone off or are you always Absolutely. trying to stay connected? You do. You disconnect? Yeah, one of my best secrets is, you know, 14 years ago we uh, got a dog that was a champion sled dog. Came from lineage of a champion sled dog oh, from great. Polar, Wisconsin. And so every morning at 5.30 she wakes me up and we go for a two-mile run. So seven days a week, you know, all year round, uh, ice, snow, rain, doesn't matter. We're up going for a run every morning. So you have her now? You still have oh, yeah. her? Yeah. She's, uh, Is she a husky or a, a different breed? No, Samoyed. Samoyed, okay. Yep. I had two huskies, and I w when I was jogging, when their paws hit snow, if it was just pavement and everything had melted, one speed. As soon as they hit snow, yep. does she do that? She lurches? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're definitely pullers. What a joy. What a joy to let your dog take you for a walk, right? Or yep. a run. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's good to see you. Thanks Thank for you. dropping by to say hi, and much success as uh, we head into this year. All right. Thanks, Chuck. Okay, great. Next up is Michael Nixon. He is the Senior Vice President of Highland, located in Troy, Michigan, and has served as a life, accident, and health continuing education instructor in Southeast Michigan, and continues to serve the industry in a variety of advisory board capacities, including the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan Statewide Advisory Board. 
So, Mike, how's it going here so far? Are you having fun? Absolutely. It's always great to get together with uh, the Blue Cross folks as well as our friendly competitors from across the state. Yeah, how do you deal with that? Because for years I had, we went out every night and we're like part of a team and we're trying to destroy the other team. But then I'd see my friendly competitors and I was friendly with all of them. I mean, are you really buddies when you show up here? You know, by and large, yes. Most of us are. <laughs> yeah. And this is kind of an elite group. This is not every agent across the state of Michigan. Right. We have, by and large, a tremendous amount of respect for one another, and I've uh, been in this racket for 35 years and have man- made some great friends, and a lot of them are competitors uh, by day, but we don't hesitate to enjoy each other's company at well, that's night. Good. So it's, that's good to hear. It's been great. So in this world of uh, 2019, when it seems like health and wellness is top of mind for everybody, tell us what you're seeing from your vantage point, because I know you and reps and other people within your group are seeing businesses a lot. What are the trends you see going on and what are the concerns? Well, the the trendy topic and uh, I guess the trendy name is population health management. When you're looking at it uh, through the lens of an employer that provides uh, a medical benefit to their employees. Okay. Certainly, uh, it's uh, well documented the challenges around costs of providing health insurance and the cost of health care, certainly in general. And uh, in order to bend the curve on the cost trend, the only way to really do it and do it in a meaningful way is to improve the health of the population. And if you're an employer, uh, you're focused on the population that you employ and provide medical benefits to. Mm -hmm. The challenging thing is how do you identify who the uh, folks are within your population that are candidates for wellness or well-being intervention and once you've identified them how do you get them to engage because quite frequently those that engage are those that are already healthy they're the ones that compete in the walking campaigns and and whatnot well and then don't you see that uh how do you tackle that except directly because no you go tell them no you tell them i mean who's going to walk up to me and tell me I look like I'm 20 pounds overweight now. I mean, what do you do about it? Well, it's it's interesting. Uh, em- employers, plan sponsors are becoming a lot more innovative and aggressive around that. Mm. Typically, we're using data analytics of some sort to identify yeah. those in the population that are good candidates. And some companies are even hiring a nurse to work for the company full time and approach people that are candidates for an intervention of some sort. You've got to be very careful because of the uh, HIPAA regulations around privacy and whatnot. But it's a challenge, and no one's found the secret sauce yet. But it's certainly an area that's expanding. Uh, We've got a couple of uh, vendors here today, sponsoring vendors uh, around diabetes prevention and diabetes management. And uh, that is one of the biggest cost drivers in finding those that are pre-diabetic and Uh, applying some preventive measures to them and those that are Mm -hmm. already diabetics, uh, ensuring compliance and adherence around their drug regimen and so forth. But, you know, hasn't that really changed too? Even employers where they have their snacks laid out? I mean, if your concern in your company is about diabetes and being pre-diabetic, you probably don't want to have cola, free cola. So there are changes that they can make that do make an impact, right? Absolutely. Uh, Adoption is sometimes a challenge because there may not be a Coke in the lunchroom, but there's one across the street at Rite sure. Aid or McDonald's yeah. or whatever. And it's a biggie. And yeah. it's a biggie. That's right. And, and they're all a dollar at McDonald's. So right. you might as well get the super size. Right. Well, you know what I've just seen? My brother-in-law is a, a teamster. So where he works, they developed a challenge by wearing a pedometer. He literally is moving all the time. 
peer pressure that you and I used to feel as kids, and for all the obvious reasons, we don't yeah. want to be you know, bullied or otherwise into doing something we shouldn't. Yeah. It's interesting to see this peer pressure turn on a dime and to hear him say, you know what, we've got a challenge now. I am going to outwalk my buddy who does the same job and he's going to yeah. move it. It's amazing how peer pressure in that kind of setting is making dramatic results individually and then for the population. I, I'm just watching it happen. It's so cool. Sure, it, it is. Uh, and the team challenges uh, really capitalize on that. Do they? Because, well, if you're on my team and you're only getting 2,000 steps a day and uh, I want to win a $50 gift card of some sort, I, yeah. I'm going to be riding you to, you know, get on it. Come on, Chuck. Yeah. We need a minimum of 5,000 steps out of you. Yeah. Closer to 10,000. But beautiful. I mean, it, it's going it to be is. good for everybody, it's, it's, right? It's a very good thing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. What about out of the workplace? Are there encouragements that can happen for these healthy behaviors for people when they leave, whether it's emotional health or physical health? Are you seeing anything along those lines? That when, you, when you say when they leave, when, when they, they leave go the home, office. Because you yeah. can have so many pressures, financial or with spouses or kids, you know, that impact how you feel. Absolutely. And uh, most wellness or well-being strategies incorporate 24-7 mm-hmm. behaviors and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting you bring up emotional and, you know, mental health and emotional well-being are two areas uh, or maybe one big area that is often overlooked and uh, is now becoming a little bit more on the radar. Sure. Because a lot of times the diseases that are being treated, they may be symptomatic of emotional issues or mental health. And there's a lot of folks, and particularly even in the Detroit area, that are doing a lot of great work around that in uh, employee assistance programs and, and so forth. So uh, I think that's an area that's going to grow. And it should because there's been a stigma attached to it for so long, right? Absolutely. And, you know, being a, a male, I'll be the first one to say that we're not, uh, as men, very eager to admit that we maybe have some uh, sensitivities mm-hmm. or, or uh, some uh, challenges in that regard. We're supposed to be stoic and, you know, the uh, stereotypical, you know, macho male. We're and supposed to be Mr. Fix-It. That's right, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with me. You must be mistaking me for somebody else, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a friend that has a problem, but right. it's certainly not me. So right. uh, I think the stigma, uh, even for uh, males, is uh, beginning to go away as we begin to better understand uh, mental health challenges and uh, understand uh how damaging, if ignored, those are to certainly family life and relationships, but also work performance. And, yeah. and uh, then you get into substance abuse and things like that, and uh, it becomes a very complicated uh, spiral in the wrong direction. Yeah, well, it's good to see you, Michael, and we encourage everybody listening to uh, you know take advantage of those programs that are offered by your employers. Absolutely, Chuck. Great being with you. Yeah, thanks. And finally, Keith Collins. Keith is an account executive of J.S. Clark Agency located in Southfield, Michigan, and currently serves as an agent advisor to more than 50 clients in the small to mid-size market. All right, Keith, good to see you. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, so tell me, how is it going here? Is this uh, a conference that you find lots of benefits from? We do. It's a great idea. Um, you know, we get to, to sit and meet with the folks from Blue Cross that we don't always get to see, and we can get some one-on-one with them. So yeah. it's, it really works out well for us. So tell me the kinds of companies or groups your business calls on. 
Well, in my market, I'm mid to small group market, so okay. I've done a lot of a lot of smaller groups that uh, don't have the resources of the larger groups. So when I was asked to come in and talk to you about wellness, some of my groups look at that from a different angle, right? They try to do more voluntary type products, that sort of thing. Challenges, I know we talked about that. Right. Ever since the Biggest Loser came out, how many years ago was that? Everybody's got a weight loss contest, and right. that keeps people involved. And you know, we mentioned that it's good for the team. So, so are you seeing results from that? I mean, it's really not just a fly-by-night thing because I'm hearing of groups, companies that are saying we really are seeing a lot of people lose weight or a lot of people walking more. I think you know what? I don't know that you can really quantify that answer so much as you can say that it brings the organization closer together so there's other byproducts right yeah yeah so while yes we may be losing some weight we are working as a team towards this goal so it brings people together and now i'm not so mad at my coworker because we're trying to row the boat in the same direction isn't right? that funny because years ago do you remember that program outward bound where you would climb up on a thing and you would fall backward and your teammates had to catch you yes. you had to trust the fact yes. that they were there yes so that's interesting that you're able to see people building esprit de corps with their fellow co-workers because they're all part of the same team effort to go sure. get healthy and you know what when one of them sees a little bit of a you know they get a win everybody kind of gets a win yeah. somebody comes back in and says you know i lost three pounds last week well three pounds doesn't sound like a lot but you keep adding that up week after week and all of a sudden it's 12 pounds and now that's a big difference on somebody they feel better they're more productive they look at it and they just say this yeah. is you know, i'm i'm a better person for doing what i'm doing so and then connect the dots from there to the idea of keeping health costs down and policy costs down etc because you're if you're getting your overall staff healthier right. that's making an impact well so going back to what i said small and mid-sized groups we don't always see the rate of return for those types of programs because it isn't reflected in the premium so sure. much but those same type of people have less absenteeism okay. right because they're they're healthier yeah. so and they want to come to work right they have a better mental attitude than they had just before they started the program and we seem to have turned a corner where businesses think that that's just well forgive me to point out frosting on a cake right doesn't sound like a diet item but it used to just be that businesses would do things like that because it was the glossy thing you need to do to keep your employees happy now they're doing it and they're seeing some results but they're also seeing a happier staff they're seeing some results and i think what's really happening is we got to change the dynamic in the workplace so this is a long process this whole wellness right mm. you can't just say hey we're going to start a wellness program and everybody's going to I'm going to be well, right? We're going to get healthy and I'm going to lose weight. No, but you got to change the mindset of your employees and the people that they're with so that eventually we do get this ship turned around and we're going in a different direction, yeah. right? And that takes a long time. That's not a one, two-year process. That's over time. And when sometimes if you see a group that has, well, maybe it's got higher retention, they don't have as much turnover, those groups tend to see a bigger benefit for that because oh, the people are around longer, mm -hmm. right? You get a high turnover mm -hmm. group and you got a wellness program and then somebody quits. You, you never know what really happens to them, right? Yeah, yeah. And what about you personally? Are you a, an inspiration to all of us? or <laughs> You know what? I because I can am. tell by the way you're cut. Oh, you're just, thanks, Chuck. Yeah, it's, it's you and Arnold. And, you know, uh, that's yeah. it. All right. Yeah. Woo, woo. Um, well, no, no, it is so, a podcast, so nobody really knows. I'm okay. Just <laughs> so I will tell you that um, July 5th, 2015, I took a lifestyle change where I started eating healthier. My wife, who is a little wisp of a woman, feels like she always has to lose weight. She can never lose weight. And we started Whole30. 
which meant that now, okay, so I, I cut out sugars and, and uh, processed grains, and I, yeah. I ate leaner and greener, and I started losing weight. I was losing weight. I lost 43 pounds Good on this you. diet, right? Where, again, not a diet, lifestyle change. Right. And my wife lost nothing, you know, five pounds, and she's mad at me, and I kept telling her it's because I had the weight to lose. You know, mm -hmm. you didn't have it to mm -hmm. lose. Well, that was 2015. Now, fast forward now. And what's happening is, is that uh, uh, my diet has kind of reintroduced some of the bad things that I was taking before. So now I've said, okay, I'm not going to be able to do it with that. Now I got to take up exercise. In December of last year, I started, I brought a gym membership and I started going to the gym religiously four and five days a week. I started going and in the first month it was horrible. And then after the first month, all of a sudden I missed not going to the gym yeah. and it became a reward to you. You know, I felt better when I was done. You know? Yeah. And it's changed me in that regard is that now I am more conscious of what I'm doing and uh, uh, how I look, how I feel. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when I come to these events, I hear there's no exercise here <laughs> and there's a lot of chocolate and a lot, a lot of bad food for me. I feel bad in the morning. So. Well, I hate to burst your bubble, but they allowed me to change yeah. in the health facility. There oh. is a place. Just yeah, so a, you know, I'm yeah, just was, saying, if you're looking for a place. It wasn't on my agenda. I didn't see that. I'm sorry. <laughs> they I'm have sorry. full showers and everything. Oh, I'm just boy. saying, Keith. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good because now I did the same thing, and diet is not the word. My buddy, who was the former assistant at the Pritikin Center, said, you've got to look at this as a lifestyle Absolutely. change. Absolutely. Because you really are changing. And I think I would agree with you, in my personal experience, leaning toward veggies, not mm -hmm. becoming a vegetarian. Mm -hmm or a vegan, but more black beans, more of that stuff. At the beginning, right. I'm eating kashi for breakfast. I mean, at the beginning, it tasted, <laughs> forgive me, like cardboard, right? Yes. But you do anything for a month, and you you change your palate. and all, Right? Did you experience that? It just yes. starts to work. Yes, it does start to work. And all of a sudden, you start looking for it. You, gr you grab an apple instead of a cookie. Right. And that's, and that's when you know that, it, wow, this is working, right? I feel better eating like that. So. Yeah, yeah. And my family does, too. They all eat healthy, too. I was probably the worst eater of the bunch. I grew up differently. I'm the oldest in the family, right? My wife and the kids, she fed them, so they ate what she ate, mm -hmm. and I kind of ate what I wanted, and I was eating the bad stuff. So yeah. it was a great, great awakening for me. So can you encourage us in any other way about your lifestyle change, especially for the busy people who may be listening to this? Because trying to catch the food that you want, not just the fast food stuff yes. down the block, right? Yeah, it's hard. Although although there are, we're seeing more. If you go into uh, restaurants, they are offering healthier choices, right? Yeah. You can get a salad, right? You can still well, sure. do that. You can get chicken. You can get yeah, grilled you can chicken. get chicken. You can get grilled chicken. So they are moving in that direction. And I think once more people have access to that, They'll gravitate towards it, and we'll, you know, we're going to see results. But it's not going to be tomorrow, but ten years from now. Who yeah. knows? Keith, good to see you. Thanks, Thanks for Chuck. dropping by. You bet. That's quite the handshake. I'm just saying for working out. That's yeah, awesome. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to a Healthier Michigan podcast brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. If you like our show and you want to know more, check out a healthiermichigan.org slash podcast or leave us a review or rating on iTunes or Stitcher. To get new episodes on your smartphone or tablet, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. I'm Chuck Gatica. Take good care. <laughs>